A reading from Matthew chapter 13. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. Such great crowds gathered around him that he got onto a boat and sat there while the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, listen, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seeds fell on the path, and the birds came and ate them up. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, where they did not have much soil, and they sprang up quickly, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched. Since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Let anyone with ears listen. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what is sown in the heart. This is what was sown on the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet such a person has no root, but endures only for a while, and when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, that person immediately falls away. As for what was sown among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the lure of wealth choke the word, and it yields nothing. But as for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, in another thirty. The word of the Lord. Amen. Let us pray. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O oh God, you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. I remember where I was when I first heard the news. The Confederate flag in South Carolina had been taken down. It was the sweltering summer of 2015. I was living at my parents' house, in limbo between a life that I left behind in California and a very new life in Divinity School. That summer felt swollen with heat and death and anticipation. Dylan Roof had just killed nine people in a South Carolina church, fueled by the hate-filled corners of the internet that reflect the darkest potential for our humanity, potential that that summer seemed to be spilling out more and more in real-life violence. Protest continued to bubble up nationwide, filled with anger and hurt and sadness at the continued killing of people of color. And then I read about this woman named Bree Newsom, exactly my age, 
who had decided to scale the 30-foot flagpole of the South Carolina Capitol lawn and take down the Confederate flag, a symbolic act of bold defiance in darkening times. I remember feeling a mix of hope, relief, admiration. I also felt a pang of impatience with myself, a sense of, so what are you doing? There I was, sitting in my parents' house in the suburbs, glued to my iPhone, to the national news, not doing really much of anything. I was waiting for this new life to begin, still uncertain about my role and my call in this moment of racial tension and national unrest while a woman just my age was scaling the flagpole and in the face of persecution and trouble, taking down the flag. In a moment of uncertainty, she acted decisively with courage, standing up for what she believed in. Facing the threat of arrest and hate and the potential for retaliation. In my admiration for Brie, I had this somewhat self-involved thought. I could never do that. I'm a people pleaser, a helper, a listen to all the sides of the argument kind of person, a type two in, for all of you who understand Enneagram speak. <laughs> Would I have had the courage, the chutzpah, to climb that flagpole? To stand up for something that I believed in with that much on the line in the face of that much resistance? Only certain kinds of people would climb that flagpole, I thought, and I am not one of them. When I first hear Jesus' parable that we read tonight in Matthew, I have this image of the various types of soil that he quite clearly delineates. The path over here in my mind is made up of hard-packed dirt, maybe even solid rock. Then there's the purely rocky soil over here, maybe a pile of thorns right here. And then way over here is that really good soil. This is the, the, that good dirt. It's one of the few parables that Jesus takes the time to interpret for us so that we really understand it. And he makes it clear that we should all be striving to be that kind of dirt. The kind of soil that when a seed is planted, it takes root and flourishes, bringing forth grain a hundredfold or sixty or 30. The good dirt people are the kind of people who hear the word of the kingdom of God and understand it completely, knowing exactly how to act in a way that bears God's kind of fruit, bringing us ever closer to the kingdom of God here on earth. I will admit that sometimes I fear I am made of rocky, shallow soil filled with thorns with a big old path <coughs> smacked dab in the middle. Does anyone else ever feel like that? Like the seeds that fall on the path, sometimes I don't understand the word of God, what the kingdom is really supposed to look like or how to get there. Like the seeds in the rocky soil, I sometimes hear the word of God and I think I know what God is calling me to do, but I get frustrated when it is harder than I thought. I sometimes can't seem to find the depth of faith to get it right. I fall away and I stop trying. And like the seeds and the thorns, sometimes I get distracted by the cares of the world, perhaps caring more about being perceived as a good person than actually being one. 
sometimes being distracted or comparing my life to those flashy lives of other people I see on my Instagram feed. That pure, good soil, it seems really elusive, hard to reach, impossible to attain. But the thing about soil is that in real life, it is never in neat, perfect categories. Soil itself is made up entirely by the continuous process of bedrock and organic matter slowly interacting over time. Soil is always in a continuous process of change. As organic matter from trees and plants and animals cover up bedrock, the deteriorating matter decays, and the bedrock slowly breaks down both physically and chemically mixing with that organic matter to create different types of soils. Over time, these different types of soils end up layering on top of one another as this process of soil formation continues, always in flux, always in formation. And when farmers till the soil, they help further this process along by mixing the layers together, mixing the rock with the organic matter, loosening up those stones, helping the soil create a rich, good soil where seeds can take root. So that solid path, of the, the solid rock of the path, will not always be solid rock. The rocky soil will not always be rocky soil. The thorns will not always be thorns. They actually are all the very ingredients of the rich soil that Jesus talks about. Yes, they could erode or wash away or deteriorate, but especially with some tilling, they all have the potential to be really good dirt. We too are in a continuous process of change We too are all made up of the raw ingredients of good soil. From dust we come and to dust we return, and in our lives we too have the potential to be really good dirt. We have the potential to become the kind of people who hear the word of God and understand it, if only for a few moments, knowing how to act in a way that bears God's kind of fruit. The types of soil that Jesus talks about are not clear, delineated, and stable groups of people who are always righteous or always susceptible to evil, but they are layered within all of us in a continuous process of soil formation and sometimes in desperate need of tilling. I've been thinking about Bree Newsom this summer after reading an interview with her published on the second anniversary of her climb. It turns out that she had not always been so clear and bold, confident in her ability to climb that pole. She had been a filmmaker and an artist, even describes herself as a hashtag activist. Her family was stunned. They had no idea that she was going to do this. But there was something about that summer, particularly after the Charleston shooting, where she felt an overwhelming call to act a descendant of South Carolina slaves, relatives whose names she knew. She felt that the time had come for the flag to come down from the Capitol. The actual act took not only weeks of planning and preparation and training, but also weeks of prayer, of reading scripture, 
of readying herself, of making sure that her call was clear. She was actively tilling her soil. On the top of the flagpole, she repeated the Lord's Prayer and Psalm 27. Be strong, let your, courage take, take, let your heart take courage and wait for the Lord. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Bree was arrested and jailed for, nine, for seven hours. The flag went back up. A few days later, South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley signed a bill that removed the flag permanently from Capitol grounds. The active preparation and prayer and the tilling of soil of one 30-year-old woman brought us one step closer, I believe, towards creating the beloved kingdom here on earth. I had a conversation with Janie a few weeks ago, learning about the Enneagram in preparation for this retreat that some of you are all here for. I asked her what her number was, and she replied that she is also a two. For those of you who may not be familiar with the Enneagram, it is a kind of system of how nine basic types of people interact and shape one another. Number two is the helper. As a two, I often find I struggle to hear what my call is, sometimes confusing what God wants me to do with what other people want me to do. I asked Janie if she ever struggled with that, especially when taking bold action that she feels is right but may be unpopular or scary or uncertain. She answered that, yes, she struggles, but as she's gotten older, she's learned to work with herself and in her relationship with God, and over time, it has gotten easier. Perhaps what she has learned is how to till her soil, clearing away the thorns, loosening the rocks, helping the process of soil formation along through continuous prayer, reflection, deepening her relationship with God. We might not all be the kinds of people who can climb the flagpole, but I do know that we are in continuous creation, our soil in continuous formation. Our knowledge of ourselves should not limit the possibilities for our lives, but help us better understand God's call for us in the world. As we till our soil, we listen to hear the word of God's kingdom. God's call for each of us to use our lives to build the kingdom here on earth. For those of you here on this Enneagram retreat, use your week here to till your soil, to reflect and discern on that beautiful place between your unique self and God's call for you in the world. Till your soil, listen for the word of the kingdom of God, for God's call for you, and then be ready to act when your call comes so your seed can take root and bear God's kind of fruit a hundredfold or 60 or 30. Let us all play our small part for the kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Amen.